Well, this, uh, this morning we're looking at Psalm 1, and I know that I, uh, at some point in time, have spoken on this, but um, it's always good to come back over and revisit things. Um, my uh, title is Life Has Two Roads. <laughs> Life Has Two Roads. Now, whenever we, uh, when I think of this, uh, there is a scripture that refers to that the, the path of the righteous you know, directed by the Lord, that um, straight is the gate and narrows the path that leads to eternal life. Few there be that find it. And uh, so we think of broad roads and Broadway and how that these are um, sinful ways and then to uh, the, the road of life, the path of life is walking along this, you know, have you ever seen these movies where these people are walking along the edge of the cliff and they're very narrow pathways and the rocks are falling off and it's just a matter of time till somebody falls off the cliff. And sometimes we have, I had, <laughs> that type of a concept that God has this road that we're on and, you know, we're, and we're all going to fall off of it, you know. And, and, and the road to hell is big, broad thing that people never fall off of, you know. And we find that this isn't true that the idea of a narrow path, a narrow road, is that the road that God has for us, the path that God has for us, has boundaries. But you see, how great are the boundaries is in, in the middle of those two boundaries is our life of freedom in Christ. Now, what happens is God has given us some boundaries, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't lie. You know, and in our psalm here, it talks about staying out of the, the um, don't walk, don't stand, don't sit in the place of, of, with sinners and things that are going to distract you, which are going to take you all out of bounds. But you see, whenever we go out of bounds, we're off the path. And we go off the path, we're losing our... Um, we're, we're um, not fulfilling and not carrying on the walk that God has for us. So God has this place in our life, and, it's, and this, this road of life is very broad. <laughs> it's very wide because in this wide path that we have with God, we have purpose. We have power. We have provision. Sounds like a sermon. <laughs> purpose, power, and provision. You know? So we have all of these things on this path of life. And God is the one who has authored it. So God didn't create us with the intention that he wanted us to fall off the path of life. God didn't create us to walk some narrow path on the side of a mountain that no one, can, no one has ever completed and everybody falls off. No, that's not what God has in mind. God has in mind for us to discover purpose he has in mind for us to realize that no matter what the failures and faults and, and the things that we've done, the sins that we've committed, God has a purpose for us. And that these things are, as we said about grace and mercy, they are there to, grace and mercy are there to free us from that sins and failures of our life and give us purpose and direction. And so God isn't in the condemnation business He's not in the guilt business. He's not in the, uh, you know, good business. He is in the restoration. Now, it's not just a, you know what, I think you need a facelift. 
You just did it. And he smiled, got a facelift. You see, uh, <laughs> but you see, we go into the facelift, we go into the body, you know, whatever. Pictures, you know, making, us, making ourselves glamorous and all that. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you see, our relationship with God is not about prettying up the outside. Our relationship with God is about changing the heart on the inside, which in turn changes the way we see things. How about that? You don't know. <laughs> well, I, I'm, having, I'm having a problem. <laughs> a little confession here. Oh, God, here's the pastor's got a confession. <laughs> it must be really bad. Uh, well, I have something wrong with my eye, and I've lost a great deal of vision in it in the last week and a half or two weeks. And Wednesday, I'm supposed to have a, another picture of my eyeball to see why it's, it's got this distorted uh, image in it. And the guy said, it's because you got a distorted mind, you know. <laughs> so, but, but we have this distortion that's in there, and you know what? It, it, for, for the way it looks and the way it feels, it, there's a lot of pain in my eye, and it feels like somebody's sticking needles in the back of it. And, you know, you're going through all of this, and it's like something's wrong with my eye. And so you go to the doctor, and he says, well, there's nothing wrong with your eye. So you go have all these other things done. A couple of weeks later, you go back to the doctor, something wrong with my eye. <laughs> and what's the problem? I got pinches, needles, and pressure, and hurts, and all that. And, and he said, well, let's look at it. And, oh, what happened? You know? It just wasn't, as it were, progressed enough for him to see what was wrong the first time. So what's going on in our life is that sometimes when distortions come in, we don't see them right away. Sometimes we don't recognize them, and if I hadn't had pain, I wouldn't know that I have a problem. So your wife or your kids or your pain to let you know you have a problem. <laughs> Our husband, excuse me, I didn't want to leave out anybody there. So, uh, you're nothing but a pain. Yes, I'm fulfilling God's will. <laughs> so, whenever we have pain, it helps us to understand that something, something's going on here. And the focus, things are kind of out of focus. And things are going off course or whatever. And so, we, we have to recognize that God allows these things to come into our life. You know, if you didn't have practice... How could you have a match? How could you have a game? Practice is boring. <laughs> you, know? How, you know, if you don't practice, you can't play. Because you don't know how to run the plays. You don't know how to respond. Whenever um, David was skiing uh, you know, for the Junior Olympics and things, the, the guy said, nothing is important as miles under your skis. Nothing is important as miles under your skis. You just keep skiing, you keep skiing, you keep skiing. Well, you keep playing, you keep playing, you keep playing, you keep practicing, you keep practicing, you keep... What am I going to learn it? It's all going to be evolved. It's all part of the evolution of, of a player, an evolving of your skills. If we can't see that, if we can't see how that practice and learning things adds to who we are, we don't like to go on. You know, practice is boring. Let's just go play the game. Well, what happens is you will play the way you practice. <laughs> so whenever we run into pain in our life, what is God preparing us for? Is it that God doesn't know what's going on, or is it that I don't know what's going on? 
You see, when God does things in our life, interrupts our schedule, interrupts our normalcy, that, well, what is God trying to do to me? Well, he's not trying to do anything. He wants you to see where you're at. You know, if you're walking along the edge of a cliff and about to fall off, and you're pretending like there's nothing here, you know, there's nothing wrong, well, you're soon going to fall. Well, the idea is God doesn't want us to fall. God wants us to walk the path to walk with him, that he would be our friend and he would be our guide. In Psalm 1, puts this right out in front of us. He says, and this, this psalm um, is the life of, of a faithful person in contrast with the life of a faithless person. The psalm is the, the and we don't know who the psalmist is. It's an anonymous one. Anonymous, he wrote a lot of stuff. You know, you see his name everywhere, anonymous. You know, um, so anyhow, there's the contrast of two, of two lives. And often, I, I think sometimes we don't see the contrast. We don't see the blessings that we have, the blessings that are in our family because of where we started and our faithfulness to do what we, we've done. That there are things that we've, impl- we've brought into our families that have changed the outcome of our, of our children, have ch- altered the course of our family history because God was introduced into the family and God then brought about a whole change in in children and grandchildren and, and so on because God became part of who we are. Well, here's the contrast. Blessed is the man. How many like blessed? I like blessed. Yeah, yeah. We can go home now. <laughs> we all like to be blessed. <laughs> yeah, we all like blessed. I like blessed. You know, highly favored. You know, the, the idea is, God, did you ever want to just give something away? You know, at Christmas, you know, we got, did you know, what's the, the drugstore down at the Cloverleaf? Is that Rite Aid? They have their Christmas stuff up already. Yeah, you can go in there and push the button and hear Christmas music. Sleigh bells ring, you know, all that stuff. It's, hey, it's Christmas. Not quite, but they're, you know, we're, we're anticipating something. So blessed, if you buy something now, I bet you can't hold on to it till Christmas. <laughs> you know, there's just something good about having something you want to give, you know? And when you got it and you want to give it, you can't wait. There's this lady, was, um, she had a dream about getting a big diamond ring. Did I tell you this? I don't know if I told you or not. Anyhow, I had a dream about a big diamond ring, and her, she woke up and told her husband because it was her birthday. And her husband says, don't worry, tonight you'll understand your dream. And she's all excited. She's thinking about this ring and the dream, and I was going to get this big, big, big diamond for her, for her birthday and whatever. And that night he comes home and he gives her a book, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> so... Okay, blessed is the man. So we find that the blessing of God, the blessing of God is an understand, it's, it's understanding what God's intentions are. God's intention for us is to be blessed, to be developed to, to you know, our mind and our hearts and our attitude and our actions, that we would be like Jesus, that we would hear you know, doing good things for people for no reason. You know? 
you, you look at people and you see, you know, I was, you know, being in a store and some kid wants something, you know. I remember this while ago, there was this little, little boy in there and he was at the Hot Wheels, you know, the thing with all the Hot Wheels. And they always put them next to the cash registers because the little kids will put them on there and dad doesn't know that they got them. So anyhow, this kid has his Hot Wheel and he put it up on there with his dad. Dad says he can't get it. But dad, I want it. I don't, you know, because I remembered when David was little, he never went home without a new Hot Wheel. You know, I thought it was a small price to pay. <laughs> Keep him happy. So I asked the dad, and I said, is it okay if I buy him one? Oh, no, you can't do that. So I said, all my grandkids are out someplace else, and I can't buy them anything, so let me buy your son and daughter something. They said, yes, dad, and I got it for him. But, uh, but you see, does it make their day? Is it something you can give to people? You know, giving yourself, giving your love, giving your help, whatever is necessary. Blessed is the man that we have something good to give. Now, the blessed man is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. You see, we don't stand, walk, or sit. <laughs> we don't stand, walk, or sit in the counsel of people who are running others down, who are bad-mouthing this one, bad-mouthing that one. You know, sometimes you just get caught in the, the overflow, you know? Like at the restaurant. I can be sitting there, and there are these people just ripping up someone, you know? It, you know, in the mornings when I am eating and having my little time before I prepare, as I'm, pre as I'm cramming for my sermon, that, that there are these things that happen, and it's just like, you know, I, I wish you wouldn't talk about that. I wish that wouldn't happen. You know, because they're... It, it's like putting a hole in your bucket of water in the holes in the bottom. It's just like it's trying to drain the life out of you. And God doesn't want the life because we're highly favored and our bucket is, you see, it isn't that the wells of God's blessing are so deep. It's that the buckets that we use to draw the blessing out are too small. You see, God will give to us what we can and what we will take. You know, um, the, the prophet, well, Jesus, Jesus told the, the turned water into wine, go fill up the pitchers with, with water. How many pitchers did they fill up? They filled up all they had. Well, when the prophet told the woman, you know, who was out of oil, that go, go, um, go get all the, the jars you can from your community. If God come up to us, a prophet, someone came up to us and said, okay, go get all the jars in your community. I know you're out of oil, but just go get all the things you can round up. I bet we wouldn't go too far. <laughs> We'd go to our neighbor, do you have a jar? Yeah, I got this little one. Okay, take that back home. But you see, the number of containers, the amount of the blessing that came to their life was based upon the amount of containers they went and got. Do we believe that God's blessing for our lives, it's based upon the containers that we have, our expectation? Do we really think that God can help us? Do we really believe that God can take where I'm at and multiply it to be something different and better? Do we, do we believe that God is capable of restoring that which was stolen do we believe that, you know, unfair things and, and, and bad happenings and all that stuff that goes on, do we really believe that God can restore what someone has stolen? And the answer is yes. 
because my container may be empty because somebody stole it, but that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean anything to God. That's just a test. What do you believe? <laughs> do you believe that I'm big enough to fill that up, or are you just going to live with it empty? <laughs> In our hearts and minds, God is there. He says, this, don't, don't walk, don't stand, and don't sit where the, the wicked, the sinners, and the mockers. <laughs> don't get caught up in those groups. You know, they can be there, and, and you know why people are um, mocking and belittling? And uh, because if you can make somebody else look bad, they don't pay attention to who you are. And if you can blow their faults out of compan- uh, you can blow someone else's faults out of proportion, your faults won't show up as too bad. <laughs> but you see, Jesus doesn't want us to go into the comparison business of comparing my faults with your faults and I'm not as bad as you are and you're not as good as I am and I'm not as good as you are. And Jesus doesn't pay attention to that. What's in your heart? What's in your mind? What are you saying? I'm saying this is a good day. Why? Because of the things that happened? No, it's because God is with me. It's a good day. You know, it's a good day. It's a blessed day. Why? Because something good happened? No. Something bad happened, but I'm still, it's a blessed day. You see, you're going to get up and you're going to hit the ball. If you hit the ball three out of ten times, they'll pay you millions of dollars. You mean I can strike out seven out of ten times and I only have to get on base three times and I'll I'll get millions of dollars? And the answer is yes. (laughs) We look at our life and say, I failed once, twice. Three times. You're out. (laughs) But not with God. His grace and his mercy are infinite. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Okay? So you're not going to walk, stand, sit in the the counsel of the wicked, the sinner, and the mockers. What's going to happen is you're going to delight in the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord (laughs) is all of Scripture. All of Scripture. It isn't about um, Ten Commandments. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna reinforce the Ten Commandments and where it's all. Well, what did Jesus say? What is the greatest commandment? That what? We love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. So we got two commandments. Let us delight in the law of the Lord and, in, and on this law meditate day and night. We become we become, last week we called it, um, what did we call it last week? I know I said it was a pig in mud. Delightful? No. Revel. We revel in God's word. Now, people will say that's a bad comparison, a pig in mud. Well, a pig loves mud. Why? Because it feels good on its skin. You know, it isn't that they love mud. It's that the mud is cooling to their skin and it helps their skin. You know, it's a good thing. Why do women have mud baths? Never had one, okay. <laughs> so, so some of you ladies go out and try and tell me, what's, tell me why people have mud baths. So. But you see, we delight and we meditate on the Lord day and night. We, we become, it's the, the delight of God that we delight in knowing that God is with us, that God is for us, that God is going to work everything out to a certain plan and pattern that he has for our lives, and we can trust him with it. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. You see, we have the apples coming out. (laughs) 
and uh, the apple season's here. Uh, it all started in the spring when uh, it missed the frost, <laughs> you know. I like the, um, the sequoia trees. They're the, the big, massive trees. And, and, and the illustration for those is that the sequoias don't have deep roots. Palm trees have deep roots. Sequoias, hundreds of times taller, don't have deep roots. Their root system is maybe 5 to 10 feet deep. But it spreads out and inter, inter, intertwines with all the other root systems of the other trees. And that if the tree on the outskirt of the forest, or even in the middle, wherever the water is, that tree that is closest to the water will take on the water and transfer it the whole way through the entire root system. So all of the trees have roots. And they, all the trees have um, water so that the, the tree can be refreshed. You see, when we're planted by the streams of water, it's not only that we would grow, but that we will share what we have of God. It will be a natural process for us to take in of the, of the life of the water. You know, the life that is, comes from the water and the nutrients from the soil will be natural for us to take them in and share them with others. Why do you think it is that we have coaches that teach people how to play? They're taking what they know and they're sharing. Why do you think we need to meditate on God, on Christ? Because the word is made flesh and dwelt among us. And what does Jesus look like? What does he sound like? If Jesus were talking to us, what would he say? He would say that he loves us. What about the woman caught in the very act of adultery? <laughs> what about her? What did Jesus say to her? You know? They brought, they brought this woman to Jesus to have her stoned because the law says, you, you know, you stone these people. You see, they didn't have compassion. They had law. And what Jesus came to do with these people was to let them know that because they had a, a law in their head didn't mean they had God in their heart. Because they have a set of rules that they all follow and everybody does these wonderful things and they act perfectly doesn't say that they have those actions coming from a right, from a right heart. God wants our heart to be in it. Why does, why does it the person who plays with their heart? <laughs> what do they do? They play with passion. They play with fervor. They play with the desire to, to, to make it, to win. And if they fall down, they get up. If they get knocked down, they get up. If they, if they fail, they get up. You see, they're always with this passion. Paul was that way. You know, they stoned him. They beat him with rods. They drug him out of the city for dead. What did he do? He got up and went back in. <laughs> you know, there was this passion that he, that he lived with. And that's the passion that we have, that we are living with God, and that the fruit of our lives, you see, whatever, you know, which yields its fruit in, in season. The season for our fruit to be picked is every day. <laughs> and that we are not responsible for making it grow, it grows naturally. Because we talk about God, we pray, we believe, we come to church and hear me speak. See, it's good. It doesn't get any better than this. Okay, Bob, where's your tomatoes? <laughs> you see, whatever he does prospers. Whatever we do prospers. You see, I'm looking for the good. 
I'm believing that the good is going to come into my life. It's going to keep coming into my life. And you see, I'm going to change in this whole perspective. But you know what happens to the wicked? They're not so. They're not like this. You want to know why the wicked can't get a grip on who you are and don't like your religion? Because they don't understand it. They've got a whole different concept to it. You see, the wicked aren't so. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. You know, if, if you, you know, I, I don't know, many of you have ever been on the farm, <laughs> but they have these combines, and the combines harvest the grain, and around the, cor- the kernel of wheat or oat or barley or whatever, they grow, and then there's chaff around them that's kind of like an outer skin that goes on each kernel of wheat. And when it's harvested, those little pieces on the outside are called chaff, and when it's ripe, the chaff falls off and it goes through the harvester, the combine. And so the wheat goes up into a bin and all the chaff gets blown out the back. And you see, it's blown by the wind. That our faith is not something that is blown by the wind and tossed. Our faith is that which is very real and tangible. It helps us to stay calm when things are not calm. It helps us to believe when things don't seem believable. It helps us stay with something when we think we should let it go. But God has a purpose in it. They, they're like the wind, the, ch- the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Sinners, people who don't love God, don't know God, are not going to be your judge. So don't live your life to please them. <laughs> we live our life to please God. We don't live our life to offend them but we don't live our life to to please them. Our life is lived to please God. And as we live our life to please God, we will find that there is a love, there's a certainty, there's an expectation, there's a dependency, there is an understanding that God is going to bless me, bless bless my life and my wife, and going to bless my kids, going to bless me in a way. Now, whenever I start doing this and things start going wrong, And we start going, well, God must not want me to do this because look what happened. Well, you see, evil does not want you to change. Evil doesn't want you to change. Because evil is afraid of just how good and how great you can become. (laughs) When we have faith and God moves in our life, we can become more than a conqueror. <laughs> we can do things greater than what we ever dreamed. Because God is at work in our life, evil doesn't want that to happen, so evil then will come uh, per, uh, um, dressed up as God and say, you know, you're not really good enough to do this. <laughs> you know, and get us to think that God is telling us that it's not true. God says we can do all things. God says he forgives us of all things. God says he will enable us He will empower us. He will give us strength. As your day is, so shall your strength be. You see, you don't have to worry about your day. God is going to be there to lead you and guide you. And so we're praying and acknowledging God. God, it's a new day. (laughs) It's like the, the, I won't tell that joke. Uh, (laughs) You don't want to hear it. But anyhow, (laughs) it's, why anyhow? (laughs) God wants us to pay attention to his spirit in the morning when we get up and say, God, 
you're with me today, thank you. It's not like, is, your, is this going to be a good day or a bad day? Well, you know, I've got to wait to see what happens. Forget that. Today is a good day. Why? Because God is with me. God has a day planned for me, and he's going to see me through. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. God watches over you and me. God is looking after you. God is looking after your life. God has plans for you that are to, to prosper. I heard that before, Jeremiah 29, 11. He has given us plans to prosper us and, and to be in health. God has plans for our life, and not one moment of God's plan entertains defeat. There are setbacks. There are difficulties, always with a mission to take us somewhere. God's plans. He has plans for you. He has plans for you. Way of the wicked is going to perish. But the way of the righteous is going to live forever. Amen? Can we receive that? <laughs> Can we believe that for our life? God, is, God has a purpose. He has a plan. And no matter what happens, God's in charge. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the difficulty. I am grateful that you have given me the opportunity to fall on my face. <laughs> because I know that I can't do it on my own and I need your help. Father, forgive me. And in this place of forgiveness, I have great strength. You know, David took down the giant. And he did it because he practiced throwing rocks. Do you ever think that throwing rocks was going to lead you to be a king? <laughs> Do you ever think that, he, I don't, you know, he was anointed to be king. Why? Because he could throw rocks. <laughs> no, he was propelled to be king, became a national hero because he could throw rocks. You see, the simple things of our life can be the very things that God uses to take us places that we never dreamed. Shall we stand? <laughs> Father, it is a great day. <laughs> it is a wonderful day to be blessed by you, to live in your peace and your grace and your mercy. God, we go forth with a renewed hope and with a renewed expectation that you watch over us and you guide us and you will bless our lives. And no matter what happens, no matter what difficulty, God, we are grateful, grateful to you. I pray, O oh God, that you build a hedge about our lives and about our family. I pray, O oh God, that you keep out the evil one and his influences upon us and our family. I pray that your spirit would just be outpoured upon us as oil upon our heads and goes down over our face and our body at the oil of your spirit, God, to just flow over us and flow through us that we might see things differently, that we might see your hand more clearly. So bless us, protect us, guide us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you.